What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. Hello. My name is John Smetanka, and the name of our program is With Respect. Today's guest on With Respect is former congressman for the western, uh, southwestern part of the state of Michigan, Fred Upton. Fred has been in Congress for many years, and we're going to be talking about a, a group, a movement that he is a part of called No Labels. We'll be talking about why and what's going on and what are the plans for the future? This is John Smetanka, and with respect, with Fred Upton. We'll be right back. Fred, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good. Doing great. Fred, uh, a little background. You have been the congressman for southwestern Michigan for many years, and uh, you and I have known each other, been friends for many years. But we're going to be talking about something that, that I just, I, I'm puzzled by, and that is where are we going in our political system? Uh, let, let's start off with with um, your experience. You know, you've been you were in congressman. Uh, you were in Congress for a number of years. How many were you in? Thirty six years. So, and you and I have known each other since the seventies. So, you and I go back fifty some years. That's right. That's right. We're not, we don't even look that old. I still get carded when I go to Martin's. Bless your soul. I when I was in law school. I was with a group of people, all of whom were um, ab- above uh, 21. We went to a restaurant, had dinner, and I was the only one that was carded. It really was irritating at that time, but uh, today I would take that as a badge of honor, and you can too. Well, I like to think it was because I was wearing a hat. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay. All right. Fred... I think it's a it's a truism among people who pay any attention to what's going on in our country that we are a divided country. Some people call it silos. Some people call it barricades. Some people call it matters of principle. Whatever it's called, um, it seems to be very hard for us to come together on almost anything, especially about the body politic. What, what's your experience? Well, I would agree with you. I, uh, as I go back and forth between here at home and, and Washington, it's Washington's a very toxic place. It's closely divided between Republicans and Democrats. We've had some really close elections, really going back to 2000. Remember the Chads in Florida and everything else? Uh, but, you know, it's just a very poisonous atmosphere. And I think, and so far, the grades coming in on this Congress, it's, it's worse than ever before. Um, uh, very little has gotten done. Uh, they've left town now for the holidays with a whole host of issues that are, are unresolved. The president, rightly so, in my view, asked, I was a member of the Ukraine caucus, but been to Ukraine a number of times, including last year. And the president asked for, for more, more funds. Uh, and here we are three months later and it's hasn't gotten through the house or Senate. Uh, we see what happening in the, in the Middle East, 
uh, we can remember the f- terrible fires in Hawaii that wiped out a whole town. Uh, we still haven't restored the money for FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Administration, uh, to help in, in some of those those things. Uh, in addition, we're now three months into the fiscal year, and not a single one of the 12 appropriation bills have passed. Uh, we've got another short-term deadline that expires, I think, the 17th or 9th, mid-January. Uh, Congress doesn't even come back until the, the 8th or 9th of January, so uh, no regular order, meaning that you know, what I learned, some people will remember this, I had a great civics teacher in St. Joe by the name of Mike Denicus, and of course, in ninth grade civics, you learn how a bill becomes a law, and it goes through the subcommittee, and then the full committee, and then to the House floor, and then merges with the Senate. They iron out the differences, get it resolved, and goes to the president. These bills aren't even going through subcommittee or full committee. We're just going to learn about them at the 80,000-foot level, and they're going to vote on it yes or no with, with no amendments. Uh, there's no, you know, maybe an hour of debate, but they don't even know what it's going to look like. And they've got just a handful of legislative days before this potential shutdown with all these other issues that are, are there as well. So how did we get there? I, I You know, it's closely divided uh, this next election year. And, you know, they say this every year, John, you and I have been through a lot of elections. Oh, this next election is going to be the most important ever. Well, guess what? It is. <laughs> it is going to be. The most important ever. We got the presidential race. We got control of the Senate. We got control of the House, uh, and uh, you know, billions of dollars is going to be spent. Uh, much of it in negative advertising, and you know, for, when you when you see these local elections with less than 20% of the electorate participating, you can see the people who just have turned their back on the on the process because they're disgusted with you know what what the final product looks like. So. You know, we'll be watching with interest now the next couple of weeks in terms of what's going to happen. But I, I think in one one of the reasons that I've been involved with no labels, and I know, and I know we'll get into this in the, in the next hour, but it, this is actually an organization that's been around for maybe almost 15 years, uh, really since about 09 or 08. And it's concentrated before it's bipartisan, Republicans and Democrats. It's bicameral, so that's House and Senate together, they've been focused on issues. You know, how do we work together on some of these things with some pretty good successes? I was, of course, a vice chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus when I was in the House, about 60 members, equally divided between Republicans and Democrats. We met every single week, even during COVID. We had Zooms. I was uh, in my my kitchen on my Zoom. We had Zelensky one day uh, as part of our uh, Zoom in, in terms of what was going on in Ukraine. We had CEOs of big companies, whether it be Intel or uh, GM and, and other companies uh, involved as it, you know, how, how are things that we're doing relating to the overall economy. And we got things done. We worked, uh, we had, without COVID, we had meetings uh, every month uh, with members of the Senate, Republicans and Democrats. The business community came from, frankly, all around the country to tell us their story and what could we do to help govern and actually have a number of successes. And we had some. Uh, we had uh, we passed the infrastructure bill, and you might remember that was initially a proposal by President Biden, and it was very exhaustive. I mean, it was tens, it was hundreds of billions of dollars big and included a number of entitlement changes, and a number of us in our group both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, said, no, that's too big. Uh, we're, we're not, infrastructure is not entitlement changes. It's things like roads and bridges and airports and broadband. Uh, I added uh, uh, replacing lead service lines. Of course, we've seen that here locally, but of course, Michigan is the poster child with Flint. Uh, but we, we narrowed it significantly to traditional infrastructure projects. And then we did something else. We paid for it. Uh, and Governor Larry Hogan, then the governor of Maryland, called a bunch of us up to his residence uh, up in Annapolis. So we had, again, we had Republicans and Democrats, governors, House members, Senate members, and 
we hammered through this thing in about 48 hours. We came up with a, a solid proposal, and that that proposal, in essence, went unchanged through the Senate. It had 69 votes. It came to the House then, and you know our leadership and others said, "No, we we don't want to do this uh, infrastructure bill." Uh, because that's going to give Biden a win. Well, this was back in, what, 2019. He said, well, how about the country first? Uh, we have real needs here. Uh, we can't wait till 2025 in, in the next next election, or maybe this was actually in 2020 was when we, when we took it up. And uh, so we were able to get it passed in the House, but we did an immigration bill too, and Goodness knows we need immigration reform. It was an, another issue that the Problem Solvers Caucus worked on, and uh, whether it be to help our farmers, and you know we don't need migrant workers on days like today when it's so cold here in December, um, but we need them starting with asparagus in the spring for us here in Southwest Michigan. We need them through apples in the fall, and uh, there's a real labor shortage, and this is you know we then we have this thing called the Dreamers. Uh, dreamers are kids that came maybe at age two or three and they came from literally all over the world with, with their parents and uh, they've been here 20 years uh, they've gone through the education system they many of them are, are married now working maybe have a college degree now we don't want to send them back to you know where they frankly don't probably even speak the same language we had a, a doctor that came here I helped with uh, in Kalamazoo. He's a major ER, emergency room doctor. Uh, came from Poland, uh, and yet he was a dreamer. And you know, some thought that he ought to be sent home. Well, he's got family here. He's got student loans. I heard from the hospital uh, that he that he works at, and said, "Gosh, this is one of the best guys here. Uh, we can't shut down our emergency room. Can you do? You know, can you get him out of jail?" <laughs> So what was he in jail for? Well, he had a couple of speeding tickets, under 10 miles an hour. I think he parked in a handicapped spot. Um, nothing more serious than that. And, and Governor Snyder, to his credit, gave him a pardon so that he was uh, he didn't have to worry about those things anymore. But, again, we've got a lot of, you know, we've got hundreds of thousands of these dreamers that they want to be here. They've got an education here. And, frankly, we, we need their workforce. We passed a dreamer bill in the last Congress. Uh, as part of some immigration reform bills, those are some of the things that the problem solver or the uh, no labels has been involved in. And now we've we've started a, a, a new tact, and that is, uh, if it really is going to be a rematch between President Biden and former President Trump, most Americans, and the polling shows it's like 65, 70 percent shows that most Americans do not want a rematch for you pick the region. Okay. And Before so you no no labels now is working on a unity ticket then actually identifying a unity ticket. All right. People, let me stop people. let me stop you there, Fred, because I want to go back one step. We're gonna we're gonna be talking um, a lot about no labels and the night and the two thousand twenty four election. But let me let me take you back. My my view is that uh, we have, as a people, gone through a period of 50 years, let's see, I'm just trying to, th- yeah, about 50 years, of recovery, or I should say infection, and now hopefully recovery, from a lack of belief in the integrity and the usefulness of government generally. And I take it back to the Watergate and uh, the various... Uh, <clears throat> scandals that have arisen over the years, whether it was in Congress or in, in the local government or whatever it is, and people, as, I've, as I talk to them and listen to them, they're talking about a lack of belief in the integrity or the usefulness of government. Now, you've listed a whole series of things that have been accomplished by the, uh, uh, the no labels and, the, and the, uh, uh, the other groups that you're working with. But how do, right now, we suffer, and I see it in, in uh, the area of criminal justice, uh, the lack of trust that many express in, in the investigative agencies, the Department of Justice, the FBI, 
and other government agencies, whether at the federal level or at the state level, cities, uh, whether violence against minorities is covered up or uh, equal justice is given to all parties. All of this is roiling about. And I'd like you to, we're going to take a break in just a second, but I'd like you to at least give me some thoughts on this because I see um, people crying out, I don't believe these people anymore. I don't love them. I don't, I don't, do I have to respect a government that I don't think is, is operating fairly or whatever? So we're going to take a break now. I would like you to bounce, bounce those, uh, your thoughts about what I just said after we come back from the break. This is John Smetanker on With Respect, and we're talking to Fred Upton, former congressman from the western corner, the southwestern corner of the state of Michigan, uh, we will be right back. This is John Smetanka. back in with respect with former Congressman Fred Upton, who is um, many years, 38 years, 36 years rather, uh, a congressman for southwestern Michigan and has much experience. Uh, he and I have known each other for many years and I always enjoy listening to him uh, kind of think things out for me. And I'm, I bounce some ideas about the lack of belief yeah, the credibility of the uh, of government generally, not just at the federal level, but at all levels. So this is John Smetanker on with respect. So Fred, what do you think? Do I do, have I hit anything that you can say resonates with you? Yeah, no, you really do. I mean, we see, you know, tragically, we see real threats um, against uh, many of our elected leaders uh, that are there at all levels. I mean. Um, from school board, uh, you know, obviously the, the president, I think, always gets uh, threats, but members of Congress, I have people threaten me. I've known people that have gone to jail and been charged uh, with, with some of those things. Uh, and then we also see some folks, and we just had an expulsion in the U.S. House of George Santos, a guy I did not serve with, uh, but I certainly knew about him and can't believe that he was able to survive in the U.S. House uh, all this long for the lies that he did and how he deceived not only his voters, but uh, not only his colleagues, and knowing that he was able to participate in top-secret briefings uh, all the time he was in a member of Congress and, you know, shared, perhaps shared those details, uh, uh, certainly intimate conversations that he might have had with watching the, the inside of, of, of how Congress works. And he's the, the first person expelled in, in many years, uh, finally uh, by a two-thirds vote of the House uh, just in the, the last couple of weeks. One of, one of the things that we've done with not only with no labels, but also Problem Solvers Caucus, which is a smaller subset of no labels, is we took a civility pledge. Uh, that we're not going to attack each other. We're going to be very respectful of each other, very much along the lines of what your program has always been about. Uh, we can agree to disagree without being disagreeable. And uh, uh, we, we take that, in essence, that oath as we, it's not a real oath, but we take that, that pledge. Now, when we go into our meetings and we don't, you know, we don't divulge uh, what, the discussions that take place. We don't participate in, in the elections or re-elections of people uh, within our group in, in either way, a positive or a negative. And uh, we try to bring the decorum that our founding fathers envisioned uh, as we work together as a democracy to, to try and get things done. And it's tragic, and maybe this is a... a uh, because of the 24-7 news cycle, 
you know, the, the folks that call them the go off the wall, uh, they raise a lot of money by going on some of those, you know, either the right or the left. We know the, the different stations that are there. Uh, and they shout and scream and raise a ruckus, and then they do a mailing, and they collect millions of dollars so they can continue to do those types of antics. I mean, it's... Let me, let me let me interject a it's a wild per, time yeah personal experiences with friends of mine <coughs> as you know I've, I know a, a number of folks down in DC and and around the country for because of my work in the Department of Justice and whatnot but I re, friends of mine were telling me how, when they go on these talk shows um, that they are going to be the talking head for some point and lo and behold, they tell me, John, it's hysterical. They, they, they set us up, and they put us into the green room, and they t- teach us how to be disagreeable. You got to, you got to shout because you're. We have. To, if you don't shout, you're not passionate. If you're not passionate, you don't believe in principles. And of course, that is, in my view, uh, one of the places where our system has gone off the, off the track because we confused basic principles of humanity and decency uh, with particular policies or ways of implementing good principles. Uh, but it's always yelled, and this is a principle. Uh, by, if you're not sticking with this principle, read some political policy, some governmental policy, then you're, you know, you're dishonest and, we don't, and you don't deserve our trust. So yeah. I, I just, it's, it's, it's uh, bizarre. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, John, you and I both, I mean, for me particularly, you're just a shade older than I am. Uh, but, you know, I had the chance to work with Ronald Reagan at the White House. Uh, you know, the sun was always coming up. I mean, what a, what a delightful guy. I had the privilege of being in with meetings with him every other week with congressional leadership. And, you know, he had a wonderful relationship with Tip O'Neill, the, the liberal, very liberal, uh, Democratic then Speaker of the House. Uh, he got things done through a, a Democratic Congress, a Republican president, and the proof in the pudding was when he ran for re-election, uh, he got 49 states. As a Republican winning New York, a Republican winning California, he lost only Mondale's Minnesota uh, of the 50 states. But that those were the principles that I learned under. Ken Duberstein, his later chief of staff, was, was my direct boss uh, for a lot of years. And he had a theory, uh, this is Reagan, you know, if, if you can get 80% of what you want or, um, and live to fight another day for the other 20%, that's a win. So you don't have to be 100% all the time, but, you know, just move the ball down the field, especially when you can do it in a, on a bipartisan basis. And that's what we've lost in the last number of years in the, in the, in the Congress, where it's just become so partisan, each side won doesn't want to give a win to the other. And uh, for those of us that did march to the bipartisan drum, it was hard. I mean, it's hard sitting in with the leadership and having, you know, Kevin McCarthy and others, uh, you know, saying you can't do this. It's going to give a a win to Biden. Just wait till we get everything back, the presidency and the the Congress. In in a couple years, we'll get a better bill. No, that's not what I was there for. I was, you know, hey, we had infrastructure needs. Certainly we know about them in Michigan. Well, of course, we remember that was Governor Whitmer's pledge when she first ran, fix the damn roads. Uh, Our roads were probably among the worst in the country. And so that bipartisanship and working together, I mean, that was, you know, for me, it was our district always was a swing district district. uh, the winner of the presidential race in our district was generally the winner uh, overall. I mean, Bill Bill Clinton won our district. Barack Obama won our district. Uh, Fred Upton won our district. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I ran every time ahead of the presidential ticket uh, on the Republican side, but that's because we got things done. And we, you know, our sort of sweetness, our, our magic was that we figured out that people didn't really care, most people, if you had an R or a D next to your name for Republican or Democrat. They just wanted the job done, and that's what, that's what we tried to do to grapple with the, with the issues, uh, to reach out to our communities when they had you know, a shooting or an environmental issue or a business concern. 
COVID was a particularly stressful time for so many of our small businesses wanting to, you know, want know how they could make payroll or, or survive. And it was the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, that frankly worked its way through the Problem Solvers Caucus that got enacted into law that's, that saved all these small businesses uh, and the jobs that they had. It was, you know, the auto rescue plan back in 08, uh, where it was a bipartisan plan, John Dingle, then the dean of the house, and myself and others. I was co-chair of the auto caucus, and we worked with both Obama and McCain. They were running against each other for president, but we got them both to support what we did. And of course, the money was paid back uh, to you know by GM and, and by Chrysler, and it saved it saved the state. I mean, there was no other buyer for these uh, companies, and you know, particularly for our auto parts groups, they would have, they never, Michigan would not have survived had we not gotten this thing done back in 08. So that's, that's what I think the voters, uh, constituents really want. But sadly, we get off on these partisan tangents and the, the violence and the threats, and you, you see what's happening uh, now uh, because of the uh, Israel-Palestine issue. Um, you know, it, it's, Things things are at a boiling point, uh, certainly in D.C., but uh, really across the country. Well, I think that I would agree with that completely. Watching the news, but also, you know, I, I find the best places to find out what what people are are thinking and do really thinking is when they you talk to them over at breakfast, or you know, it used to be Bert's when it was uh, uh, in Stevensville. You could sit down and and have a uh, your table talks to another table, and you're t- you're in the this, the horseshoe, and you all contribute to a conversation. You get a feel for what people, when they are most relaxed, uh, i.e., their guards are down, and they and they really say what they think. That is where I've developed some of my uh, my 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 beliefs as to wh- where people are at, and I come back to. This idea that if you don't agree with me a hundred percent, you're not just wrong; you are evil. If you don't stand for exactly what I want, then your your integrity uh, is is shot. And you know, at the end of the day, when you're when you're then coming to a, the decision whether or not to participate by voting. Your the the overlay of cynicism and and despair about government, uh, I think that's as, as much of a reason for people being in a low turnout situation as even the even the negative uh, advertising that goes on. And you and I have both gone through <coughs> the uh, process where we either watch it or we are the victims of it uh, of negative advertising. And I, I remember principles. Well, go negative uh, until the last two weeks of the campaign, and then turn around and go positive to give, you know, your your candidates the best uh, play in the in the in the, the media. Of course, now with advanced uh, voting, uh, you've spread out the negative, you've you've diminished the positive, and uh, it's just a we're in a situation where I'm I'm not sure where or how. We recover. So uh, we're going to take a break, but I want to. When we come back, I want to start talking, in particular, about your organization, No Labels, and how it fits in and where it's going uh, in this election. Uh, this is John Smetanka run with respect. We're talking to Fred Upton, a former congressman for 36 years of the, uh, the districts in the southwesternmost part of the state of Michigan, chairman of many. Com- uh, committees, and uh, now he's told us about uh, some other activities that he's involved in. Uh, we're going to pl- we're going to play those out just a minute here. This is John Smetanka with respect, and we'll be right back.
now back in with respect with Congressman, former Congressman Fred Upton from the districts in the state of Michigan, the U.S. Congress that are the farthest to the south and west of our state. This is John Smetanka. So, Fred, you've got no labels. And that organization has been operating since, I think you said, 2008, 2009. has produced a number of things that you've described, a number of positive uh, uh, steps, actions. It's uh, bipartisan. It is um, a substantial number of people in the Congress of the United States. But we now have an election coming up in 2024. And you and I have talked about... uh, why we're going to do this show, and we're going to do another show uh, on this uh, after uh, the primary, Super Tuesday primaries uh, in the spring. So, Fred, what the heck is going to happen? What, what, is, what is your organization going to try to do, uh, whether it's on the presidential uh, election or, and or anything else that you're going to be trying to do? So a couple things, uh, and it's a, it is a pleasure to be with you this morning. Uh, so I'm just a volunteer, <laughs> but I'm, I'm spending a lot of hours uh, every week. And I'm a poor country lawyer in the woods of West Michigan. Okay, that's moving right. on. That, that's right. So I'm the uh, so No Labels, is, as you said, has been around since about 08 or 09. It's been focused primarily uh, solely on, on legislative issues and getting things done. Uh, but as we looked at the political landscape, we said, man, and we did some polling to verify this. Most voters, majority, do not want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And it looks, and and we identified this many months ago, and said at the time, it looks more and more likely that that is going to be the ticket. In fact, I saw a report this morning that Trump should have this wrapped up uh, for him, the nomination. He's got significant leads in all the states. Uh, Sometime in mid to, to late March, he can claim that he wins uh, the, the necessary number of delegates to, to put him over the top. For Biden, uh, he's really the only Democrat that's running at this point. He did a good job in getting uh, some pretty powerful co-chairs of his campaign on board, including our governor, but the governor of Illinois, as well as the governor of, of Cal- California uh, as well, and seems to be doing uh, uh, pretty well as, as he's uh, uh, on uh, no one's running against him. Uh, Robert Kennedy's uh, talking about running as a third-party ticket, but we'll see what, what happens there. But at the end of the day, most voters, 70%, are saying we don't want a rematch. So we looked at this, no labels, came up with a number of principles uh, that no labels really stands for, and in essence, a platform. We took some time to write these over a number of months. People can find them. It's called Common Sense. But you can find these 30 or so principles of what we believe in on nolabels.org. Just go on your, your computer or your phone and, and nolabels.org and, and look up the common sense. We unveiled this in New Hampshire last July. I was there. We had uh, former Governor Huntsman from Utah, Republican, and uh, actually former Governor uh, Manchin uh, there now in the Senate as a Democrat. And we had... Uh, marvelous turnout. I mean, at uh, a college there that's sort of the bastion of of, uh, political uh, um, needs, uh, St. A's in Manchester. Uh, It was very widely received, and now we're actually working on identifying what we would call a unity ticket, a Republican and a Democrat. Likely, the Republican would be the presidential candidate, the Democrat would be the vice president, but we haven't decided for sure. But looking at a unity ticket to be on the ballot if, in fact, it's Biden and Trump. So our main focus these days has been to actually get ballot access. Every state has the different rules, signatures, process to get on the ballot statewide. So we are now on 12, as, as we talked this morning, we're on 12, 12 ballots. It's been certified. We're in play in 27 others, or, or you know, right where we should be. We couldn't be better off under any scenario uh, in terms of collecting the signatures and getting them certified. Uh, you can imagine that both the DCCC 
and the RNC aren't real happy with this. They like the game played as it is, with just the two of them. So they've tried to put up some roadblocks, but they've been dismissed, and we've we've had to spend some money in the, with the court challenges. But so far, we're doing we're batting a thousand. And our goal would be that we will be on all 50 ballots um, uh, by probably the end of the second quarter uh, this next year, 2024. And at that point, once we get on the ballots, then and and announce our unity ticket, that ticket then would run the presidential campaign. It's not going to be no labels. We're, we're not going to run the campaign. We're just getting ballot access so that to allow voters to have a third choice, a bipartisan choice, if in fact it's Biden against Trump. And so that's where our focus is right now is to get the ballot access to collect the signatures. And it's going very well. Um, and uh, here in Michigan, it hasn't started yet. We have a couple of rules that uh, we have to comply with. So uh, in Michigan, it will be the candidates who will actually get the, the signatures. Uh, it will not be no labels to actually collect the signatures, unlike in other states like North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, Utah, where we, we are already uh, blessed and, and already certified to be on a ballot. And I, and I do hope that when when whoever it is, the, whatever candidates are out there, that they, they are careful not to use the wrong ways of collecting signatures. Uh, yeah. phonies, phony names, phony places, that sort of thing. Yeah, we saw that here in Michigan. Well, with half of the Republicans running for, what, governor two years ago uh, were rightly disqualified because, I'll call it cheating, uh, because they, they didn't follow the rules. Um, and we actually had a former colleague of mine, Thad McCotter, who uh, was running for re-election, and he, he pasted, as I recall, he pasted, signatures from previous ways to uh, uh, years on his application uh, to the Secretary of State, and he was ruled ineligible as well. So, yeah, you got to follow the rules, and every state's different. So in, in Michigan, it re, you were, it's required to have 47,000 signatures to have a third party. So we want to be treated the same way as you know, the taxpayer party or the Green Party or, you know, all the other third parties that are on there. New York has a right to life party, actually, uh, that's on the ballot. And we're just oh. trying to do ballot access. And then the campaigns, uh, the, the ticket that's named will actually run the campaign and take it from there. Fred, the um, history of third parties in the 200 plus years of our republic has not been really good, i.e., um, they're not successful generally, uh, but they do sway the uh, elections in ways that uh, are surprising. And uh, so how, how does this third party get uh, credibility that they can actually win as opposed to uh, helping one side or the other, drain ballots from Trump or drain ballots from from uh, Biden. Um, what what are the chances? What do you- so very good questions, and we would be in it to win it, as as I'd like to say. So uh, first of all, I think we will have a very respectable Republican and Democrat on the unity ticket. Um, We'll see how that that plays out, and uh, we won't be focusing on who those individuals or announcing who those individuals will be until after Super Tuesday. So that's when things really get locked down to, to verify that if it's in fact Biden and Trump. Uh, if we think we're going to be spoilers, we can pull back. We can we can uh, uh, not have this process go forward as late as July or August. Uh, uh, in in 2024, if you think we're going to be a spoiler. But you'll remember that Ross Perot, and I was on Air Force One when President Bush got the call from Ross saying that he was going to run. Uh, That was uh, in, I believe it was in February of the election year. So here we are talking in December. So we're three months before. That's when Perot started. He got on all 50 states, and he got up as high as 30% of the vote 
before he actually withdrew in the summer, and then I think he went got back on. But he had a, a, a start and stop operation months later. But he got on all 50 states, so we're ahead of where he is. Uh, we think we're going to have a stronger ticket than than what he did. But you know, 30% today in a three-way race um, does pretty well, particularly when you see the polling showing that 70% don't want a rematch. And almost that same percentage of folks say that they would be willing to seriously consider a bipartisan unity ticket in lieu of Biden or Trump. So the numbers are actually showing, and we polled tens of thousands of households in key states, including Michigan, uh, to show that that's accurate. So we've got a a full-blown operation. They've been there for a while. Uh, Republicans and Democrats uh, across the country that are waiting to see if it's going to be Biden and Trump and knowing that there's a, a third option in the wings that will give voters a choice. Fred, are there other organizations independent of uh, no labels which are thinking about doing the same thing? Because I think I've seen some of them out there who are critical of no labels. Uh, I don't know exactly why, whether it's just because it isn't that organization uh, versus yours. Uh, but are there others out there who are who are likewise trying to uh, challenge the existing way of doing things? Well, we're, I would say that we're more challenged not by the other third-party groups. So, you know, I'm just, you know, take, I don't, I don't have any details of like the taxpayer party or whatever that, that are going after us. But there is a concerted effort by the DCCC and what I think will soon will be the RNC as well to say, look, we like the game the way that it is. Uh, we want to keep our elbows on the table. We don't want anybody else there. And so there is a concerted effort to knock us with uh, misinformation, with uh, misleading ads, frankly, that are wrong. Uh, to uh, prevent us from having a bipartisan unity ticket. And we knew that going into it, but, you know, our skin is tough, and uh, we'll let the voters uh, make that choice. But in the meantime, we're going to keep our eye on the ball and just try to get on, you know, continue to try and get on all 50 states' ballots uh, for voters to make a choice come November. What happens if you don't get in? What happens well, if you... we don't you... have to. I mean, if... if you know, if if um, you know if it's not Biden and Trump, let's say one of them drops out, or you know who knows, you know, pick a scenario, and uh, we probably don't move forward. We'll we'll revert back to being concentrating on just issues uh, to get the country going forward. Okay, now that's that's I want to I want to talk about uh, about this um, going forward. If you don't um, either succeed. With your ballot, uh, your your ballot initiatives, uh, or your candidates, or whatever, or you lose. I mean, you know, one of those two guys uh, stays in and and wins. So, d- does that mean that your organization sort of just goes away? No, it's not going to go away because remember we've been around since oh eight oh nine. So it'll, you know, just revert back to you know working on legislative issues. Um, there's a strong grassroots organization across the country, and I've I've been involved in a number of Zoom calls with multiple states uh, with members of No Labels, uh, you know, ind- individuals. Uh, uh, we had uh, two former governors, the governor of Missouri and the governor of North Carolina, come uh, in mid-December to speak to the Detroit Economic Club. Uh, did very well. Actually, it was sort of interesting. They had a, a show of hands. I don't know. There were couple hundred people that were that were there and they uh one of one of the governors said how many people here are, would be excited about a trump biden rematch three people raised their hand uh, i spoke later in the week to the michigan uh, political history uh, association up in lansing uh at the club uh, uh center there uh, i asked the same question there i don't know a couple hundred people that were there and Said how many people would be interested, would be enthused about a Biden-Trump rematch? One person raised their hand. So we see this all over the country. So that's our purpose: is to, you know, hey, to get something done, you have to get on all 50 states. And so we started 
literally last summer. Uh, we're, where, we're where we should be. Uh, we couldn't be any better based on the different deadlines. Some states you can't start collecting signatures until 2024 actually starts. Some states you actually have to name who the presidential candidate is and, and have that on the petition. So we don't have that yet. We won't be ready for that until probably uh, late March or third week in March. So we can't start in those states. Uh, so at the end of the day, we can do, I think, 34 states uh, between now and the end of April and another 17 states once the that uh, data is done, uh, which would include Michigan in that group of 17. But we're on a path to get on all 50 states plus the uh, District of Columbia. Uh, and again, we can pull back the ticket, not go forward if we think we're going to be a spoiler or if we don't think we can win. We're going to take a break right now, Fred. Um, we're talking to Fred Upton, who is the former congressman for the southwesternmost uh, district of the state of Michigan. And we're, all we're talking about his program that he's a volunteer for called No Labels. When we come back, we're going to talk about something else which uh, flows from this, and I, I'm, it's something dear to my heart, um, and that is how do we improve the, the atmosphere in this country concerning government. This is John Smetanka, and we're on With Respect, and we'll be right back. back on with respect with former congressman United States congressman for 36 years for the southwestern most part of the state of Michigan Fred Upton this is John Smetanka Fred when we broke I tease this I go back to what I said earlier about where I think things really went off the track in terms of how people viewed their government and it started in small ways and big ways and it just kind of didn't get much, uh, it didn't, didn't uh, come out completely that there are honest people in government and government as a whole is able in a particular role, not running our lives, but certainly helping our lives, uh, helping us to, uh, to succeed in the best ways we possibly can in our personal and community lives. But... Um, Let's take next year, and let's assume, for example, that uh, your candidates, if you have them, uh, win the presidential election. What happens then? How do you go about reestablishing belief and trust in this government, this federal government, the state government, the local governments, that uh, they can uh, and should and will uh, act as helpers, as honest brokers in helping people live their lives to the best of their abilities? Well, I'd say a couple things. Uh, one, all of us know the issues that we're looking for help on. And we look at the border with 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 a lot of the, 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 the issues there, the, the, the folks uh, that are crying, trying to cross the border improperly, and that issue's been plaguing us for a long time. We look at inflation, we look at energy, and we look at helping our allies uh, around the world. We look at the pending threat of China uh, and what, what's going on in the South China Sea, uh, stealing of our, of our uh, patents. Uh, and we don't see anything happening. Uh, we know that 
in this next election, I guarantee you that in the in the House and the Senate, the margin is not going to be more than a handful of seats, one way or the other. I, uh, uh, the Senate right now is 51-49. Uh, Democrat, which puts Schumer as the majority leader, uh, Manchin has announced he's not running. It's a district in West Virginia that's about a 40%. Uh, uh, margin for the Republicans, likely the Republican win, so it's 50-50. Yeah. It, it's going to be a handful of, of votes, both sides, controlling the House or the Senate. The only way you can get things done is if, if something is bipartisan. Having a bipartisan White House where you'll have a Republican you know, team uh, that's there, uh, I think will send an important signal to particularly to the political parties today that let's get together we got these issues so we got to work together to get them done to, and and uh, be the country that that we want us to be uh, so I, I I think that'll be a welcome change we also know that this is a one and done I mean we're not <laughs> you know we're not looking at races uh, down the presidential ticket. We're not going to be running no labels of candidates for state rep or Congress or, you know, uh, on the way down. Some would like us to do that. But we're looking at this one time to sort of rejigger the the, uh, the political status uh, and, and get some of these issues behind us and done and uh, hopefully send the signal then to the political parties in 28 that, you know, let's, let's uh, get off from this uh, track that you've been on and and, and talk about issues and, and civility and, and some of the other things, uh, and we'll get our job done and go back to the the, the job within no labels of, of looking at issues and trying to work together and, and being a partner uh, and after we've been a leader should we win in 24. There's another aspect to my question to you, and we've, we've been talking now about the established uh, electoral process. I want to step aside from that and ask you, do you have thoughts on a particular uh, separate issue? And that is putting aside political parties for the time being, just ignoring that they exist. We still have divisions in this country. Sometimes you, would, you divide people on uh, terms of money, their wealth, their jobs, their importance in terms of potential power in a community, but also you, you were split on, uh, I guess it's the academic versus the non-academic uh, worlds that we saw play out in the uh, congressional hearings uh, where the question of advocating for the uh, destruction of the Israeli uh, government and people that's alleged to have happened uh, or being happened on co in college campuses. So we now have it's the intellectuals, the, uh, the traditional Harvard, uh, uh, MIT uh, are just two examples. Uh, University of Pennsylvania, also part of the Ivy League, um, basically their president was forced out. Um, and there's, a, there's a, a gap between the intelligentsia and the ordinary folks in this society that I don't think I have seen as, as clearly defined as I'm seeing it now. And I mean not just the issue of the, the uh, Hamas versus Israel uh, and whatever that, however you want to phrase that, uh, that, that uh, fight, but it's out there. Fred, I, I talk to people, I listen to them, and the, um, the, the disrespect for other people, are you there? Yes. John? Hello. Uh, John? Are you, the disrespect that I see uh, being shown to institutions which we've traditionally looked to for dignity and thought and um, culture seems not to be there. What do you think? Yeah, and the rise in anti-Semitism, I mean, it's just, 
I, I'm just baffled uh, uh, by that. I mean, as we talked this morning, and you know, I see reports that there are more than a hundred uh, synagogues that got bomb threats in the last uh, couple days. Um, I imagine that's going to only increase uh, as well. Now that it's been reported, we'll we'll see uh, the folks not folks believing that there wasn't a Holocaust. I mean, it's, um, you know, you see the brutality of uh, what Russia has done uh, to the Ukrainian people, not only kidnapping tons tons of thousands of children and sending them who knows where, but um, stitching uh, Nazi, um, you know, symbols into their foreheads with knives. I mean, it just, uh, the brutality of around the world just sickens us in, in terms of the beliefs that we have uh, coming from this country. And it's it's frightening. It's frightening. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how, necessarily how, how it's come to the stage uh, that it's in, but it's somehow... Civility and respect for each other and uh, our thoughts and political views uh, needs to be put on a higher plane, I guess, than than it has been over the last couple of years. Can you can your organization help in that process? And I mean, expanding beyond the political, strictly governmental process well, at the is. national level. Well, it is. I mean, it's again, if you, I mean, civility has been part of our mantra. From day one, uh, and you'll not see any of our members, um, particularly the ones that have been elected, a good number of Republicans and Democrats, both. Uh, we're we're not on that screaming page uh, that you'll see some of my colleagues, former colleagues, I should say, uh, on. So, uh, and. You know, I go back to, you know, I was one of the national chairs for John McCain's uh, campaign back in 2008. Uh, I traveled with him a lot. I went to a number of states uh, to help him, as I did uh, former President Bush, uh, too, when I went to New Hampshire. But one of the guys that I got to meet and really get to know was Joe Lieberman, who, of course, had run vice president uh, just a few years before. And John McCain almost picked. Joe Lieberman to be his running mate. Uh, there was a huge pushback at the Minneapolis uh, Republican Convention, but he almost picked him. He wanted it, to pick him, and you just wonder, you know, certainly I think he would have done better than uh, the pick that he did have with, with Sarah Palin. But that Joe Lieberman is one of the national co-chairs for no for no labels. Uh, I serve on a board with him. I'm with him either by Zoom or in person every week. <laughs> last number of months we have great respect for each other and it's i mean here's you know i would cast him as probably a, a thoughtful maybe a liberal democrat for sure not a progressive uh but he's got some a lot of pretty conservative republicans i mean larry hogan pat mcgorry former governors of north carolina and and uh maryland are, are the two republican co-chairs uh, Jay Nixon, the former Democrat governor, of, but a conservative Democrat uh, in Missouri and you know, with a track record of getting things done with the Republican legislature. Um, and Ben Chavis, who was the head of the NAACP, uh, the other Democratic co-chair. So from the, from the top, it is bipartisan and one that's, you know, working together on issues that confront the country that need need to be addressed and that's really what no labels is all about well i certainly wish any organization that is interested and in working not just talking but working towards uh bringing america back to a a point of commonality that i hate that word where we remember who we are and that is a people diverse yeah, diverse, different languages, 2,000, 3,000, 8,000 miles in length, and, and many, every ethnic group in the world, every language, every religion. And we managed to survive this far, but we've got to keep working at bringing everybody uh, together 
at least in respect for the country and one another. So, Fred, I'm sorry, but we're running out of time. I would have loved to keep on talking about this, but we will talk again after Super Tuesday so we can see where no labels and and you are going to be going. Thanks very much for your time today. I look forward to it. Thanks, John. Thanks for all that you do for our community. Appreciate it. The name of our program is With Respect. We're on every week. (coughs) Pardon me. Every week talking about issues uh, in a respectful, hopefully a respectful way. Tough issues, but respectful. This is John Smetanka. And remember our mantra until next week. If you show respect to other people, they will show respect to you.